Have you heard of the Strata Hub? Oh, vaguely, but it was a while ago that I last heard about it. Right. So this is the thing that's set up. Originally, um, it was Victor Dominello's idea to have a central repository for all the information about every strata scheme in New South Wales. And it's all going to happen on June the 30th. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about buying and selling and what you see when you go around looking at apartments. We're going to talk about TV aerials and strata lawyers. A lot, actually. Another day when we thought we had nothing and now we've discovered we've got too much. (laughs) I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams and I write about property for Domain. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. So the Strata Hub, a new regulation. Interesting reading it. For a start, it's confusing, of course, because Mm. it's Australian law, so it has to be confusing. (laughs) And it tells you this is information that strata schemes have to give to the secretary, right, with a capital S. Mm. Who would you assume the secretary was? The person who was nominated to be the secretary by the rest of the strata committee. Yeah, no, it's not them. It's... The secretary in the Department of Service. Community Service. No, not no. Community Service. <laughs> Services New South Wales. So it's okay, the Consumer secretary. Services New South Wales. Something so, like that. So they've got. Oh. So they've got a capital S for this secretary. But of course, you're reading it and you're going, so if you're giving this to the secretary, shouldn't. Who's the secretary anyway? It's yeah. a different secretary. Because my second guess when you asked me that question, would have been the strata managing agent. Right. It would never have occurred to me the department secretary. No, there you go. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm glad we've cleared that up or caused more (laughs) confusion. I don't know. This is what your strata secretary has to provide to the government secretary. The strata plan number, the date of registration of the strata plan, whether or not it's part of a community scheme, whether or not it's part of a precinct scheme, the address, um, the total number of lots, the number of lots in the strata scheme used for residential, retirement village, commercial, uh, utility lots, and other purposes. Right? Wow. I can see that being put onto the bottom of the pile of a lot of busy people's <laughs> yeah. to-do lists. And whether it has a neighbours rating, you know, N-A-B-E-R-S, mm. If an interim or final occupation certificate has been issued, if an annual fire safety statement has been issued, within the meaning of the Building Code of Australia, the number of stories above ground level in the building. Wouldn't all these questions be much better answered by the strata manager? Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Ah, this is where it gets interesting. Oh, thank God. the, (laughs) The details of the secretary of the owner's corporation, the name, telephone number, and email address. Mm-hmm. The chairperson, same, name, telephone number, and email address. Strata manager, name, telephone number, email address, and their license number. Building manager, full name, telephone number, email address, and an emergency contact, somebody mm-hmm. who's agreed to be the contact in an emergency. I, I suppose that's for schemes that don't have strata managers or building managers. Mm. 
there may be somebody like nearby. I'd imagine small schemes could kind of say, well, look, we'll be your contact if you'll be ours. So once this is all gathered together in, a, in the hub, mm. here the people who are able to access this information includes Fire and Rescue, the local council, the secretary of the owners' corporation, the members of the committee of the owners' corporation, and anybody on the strata role for their own for their own for strata. their own mm. yeah yeah for their own building. So, well, we've known in the past um, committees where the chair and the secretary didn't want their information to be available mm. to other owners because, especially like their their phone number and email address, because they were always afraid that they might be pestered by people. Yes, and you kind of think, well, you know, why are you taking that position if you just don't want to be ever contacted by any member of your constituency. That's what we think, but mm. other people think, well, I'm prepared to give up my time and do do the work. I don't want to be harassed by people. I think I mean I think it's an unreasonable point of view. Mm. I agree with you. If you're if you're putting yourself up to to take control in a building, then you should be uh, responsible. You should be accountable. Mm. The strata manager who sent us this He's concerned. He said it's hard enough to get good people onto committees in the first place. And he reckons that having this information out there will just deter a lot of people from even, you know, putting themselves mm, up. That's a good point, isn't it, really? Yeah. If people are a bit shy, they don't want their name and their, well, they don't want their phone number and their email address. Mm. And if they can suddenly be contacted by anybody in the building. Um, in the building, yeah, that might be a real deterrent. There is the whole privacy thing about I mean, email addresses and be, whether or not they should be on the strata role. And this has all got to be submitted probably by the strata manager, if there is one. Mm. And this guy is saying some strata managers have a thousand schemes. It just seems it's not very well thought through. What would be a better way of doing it then? If people are concerned about the personal information being available to their owners in the building. They should have an option of giving their their, their names and all their details and stuff, but it shouldn't it they should have an option of saying we don't want this known by all members of the scheme. Well, that that kind of undermines the whole point of the thing in a way. What I I think they should have is the ability to create a separate email hub for that building and a separate phone number mm. that can take recorded messages and pass on messages so that even as the chair and the secretary change, uh, you know, at it's an AGM, constant the, the, the constant number and the constant email address is there. That's a good idea. But, you know, a lot of uh, strata schemes, the, the chairs and secretaries wouldn't even know how to set up uh, that kind of – I mean, it's quite easy to do, actually, mm. but they wouldn't know how to begin – and I think that's where the government has really fallen down on this, saying, well, we're demanding that you do this without really offering much assistance. Right, because they could actually offer an inducement to strata managers to do it for their buildings. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a really good idea. And, I mean, I can understand why they want all this information. I mean, it's great to be, be gathering this information because suddenly we'll be able to know, you know, how many buildings are falling down in New South Wales, how many buildings are well run, mm. how many buildings look as if they're going to need a big injection of cash in the next few years to renew their fabric or renew their lifts, that kind of thing. 
So it's good to have that all in a database. I guess the big step is just getting it there in the first place. Yeah, I, I think it's getting the information is a good thing. Uh, handling the information is another issue, especially for people who are not like they're the, the, among the people who can access the information once it's in the hub. Um, there's all the people connected, like the secretary of the owners' corporation, uh, the people who are on the strata role, members of the committee, and the building manager. And then there's also the strata manager, obviously. But then things like fire and rescue, the local council, and you. And one of the things I think strata managers are worried about is that other strata managers will be able to access this information, either legitimately or otherwise, and use it to poach clients. Ah. Well, the thing is, they'll only be able to poach clients if those clients are unhappy with their current strata managers. Mm. Otherwise, it would look just too much hassle to move strata managers. It's like moving bank accounts, isn't it, really? But there are all sorts of reasons why people are unhappy with their strata managers. One of the most common reasons is that owners in the building are unhappy about the amount they have to pay the strata manager in levies, not realising that most of the money gets passed on to pay bills and things. Mm. And they just want somebody cheaper. So you could get a good and well-established strata manager being poached by somebody who comes in and offers to undercut their, their fees. And if you've got somebody in the building who has access to the address and phone number of the chair and secretary, then they can pass that on to their preferred strata manager. Mm. But there's always going to be downsides of new projects like this, isn't yeah. there, really? And I, and I guess really the downside is going to have to be outweighed by the good that it will do. Yeah, and I hope it will. I mean, I, I think uh, Victor Dominello is a pretty smart guy. And he is also a bit of a data geek. Um, so he uh, he wants to know at some point it will this will include how many lifts there are in the building, whether mm. or not there's a swimming pool, mm. how many parking spaces there are, so that they have they're able to plan for the future and say to councils, well, you realise that you you've got all these buildings with all these parking spaces in them. If you build another one like this, then it's going to increase the amount of traffic in a certain area. That kind of thing. Mm. So it's good. Information is good, but mm. I think the the way they've gone about it is it's probably going to be patchy. I mean, there are fines for not doing it, for not providing the information. But, but that that document it sounds it will take a good couple of hours to fill out. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And then, I mean, will they just leave it to the strata manager to do it? That's mm. the other thing. Look, it's a start, but I think there's going to be a few rumblings before we get there. Absolutely. All right. When we come back, we are going to talk about buying and selling and house hunting, flat hunting, and the things you see and the things you don't see and the things you don't want to see. That's after this. It's really interesting. I've got a few friends at the moment who are looking for apartments to buy. Yep. And their experience is so different wherever they go. And I feel quite Sorry for them, really, because it sounds exhausting. Mm. Um, one person is a first home buyer, and she's looking for something. And every auction she goes to, the apartment goes for two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand more than the actual price guide. So she's kind of really losing heart, even though prices are meant to be softening now. Yeah. So you kind of think that those first home buyers will have a better have a better deal yeah. and, and a, a bigger chance of getting into the market. 
another friend has been a renter mm. for something like 34 years in the same apartment. Right. And he loves that apartment. Yeah. And he's never really had anything to do with the owner. He's always dealt with through the agent. And the agent, I think, is a bit lax on – well, he feels the agent is a bit lax on following up anything he wants. He said yeah. his, his oven is now so old it barely works and he keeps right. asking for a new one. And the agent says, oh, no, 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 the owner isn't interested in doing anything to the apartment. Yeah. And our friend kind of keeps wanting to – is coming to his, his inheritance and he would love to buy that apartment. Mm. And the apartment was last bought by the owner 34 years ago, Yeah. hence the age of the oven. And um, he's never been able to contact the owner. And he right. says often to the real estate agent, could you contact the owner and say, look, I'd really love to buy this property. Yeah. And the agent says, no, no, I don't think he'll be interested. But he never agrees to actually contact To pass on. Well, you know why that is. Because if, apart from the, the fact that, I mean, we don't hold rental agents in very high regard here, but if he passes on the information that our friend wants to buy the apartment, he could lose That's a, right, a rental. That's right, on a rental role. Yeah. Yep. Yep, absolutely. But there's also the probably more likely is he can't be bothered. But you had a really good idea. I mean, I looked up on Price Finder and yeah. I could find I found the name of the owner, yeah. but there was no address there. But yeah. you had a really good idea, didn't you? Did I? Yes, you <laughs> you spoke to a Another real friend. estate agent, yeah. yep, and said to her, "Why don't you contact our friend who wants yeah. to buy the apartment and organize to contact the owner because yeah. she will have access to the, yeah, the yeah. strata role where yeah. the the um, owner's name and address will be yeah and then she could broker a deal if it's possible and yeah. obviously just take a, a little bit in commission yeah that's a good idea of yours yeah but it is very hard i think when people involved in apartments don't really do their job as well as they possibly could mm. um he, so this this guy with the, the long-term renter has been going around lots of apartment buildings and he's been around to some of the top buildings in Sydney and he was saying one of them, he was walking around and there were puddles everywhere on the ground, Yeah. Um, you know, in the common areas. Yeah. And he mentioned this to the agent. The agent said, oh, yes, it's been lots of rain lately. Two weeks later, we went back. There were still the same puddles there. Right, so it's not <laughs> And there had been well. no rain. Yeah. So it just really wasn't being well-maintained. And yeah. this is a, a building with an, a, you know, an extremely good reputation. Yeah. But he said it's really becoming dilapidated because many of the owners are quite elderly yeah. and presumably are on fixed incomes. Yeah. And they don't want to spend any money on repairing and maintaining the building. And it's really obvious to anyone who comes in and is looking to rent or to buy for yeah. the first time. And of course, these these older residents, they don't care if the price of their the value of their property is being damaged by this because they're not planning to sell. Well, that's probably true as well. So they want to keep the levies low and they don't care about the mm. the the, uh, the value of the property so much. And that is a real problem, isn't it? Well, what it takes is somebody who is an owner in the building to identify things that should be done and basically take their own owner's corporation to NCAT mm. and get orders mm. because, you know, there are certain duties that uh, you, the owner's corporation has to maintain and repair common property. And if they choose not to, they've got to pass a special resolution saying we're not going to do that. And they're, they can only do that if it doesn't affect the safety or the appearance of the of the building. Mm. 
Now, if they've decided that they don't want to get rid of the puddles, well, somebody could say, well, that's a safety issue. Yeah, that's true. But what it takes is one person in the building to make themselves very unpopular and force the owner's corporation's hand. But it's a shame with these things. Absolutely, because you think, where's the strata manager? The strata manager... You know, should be saying to the to the committee. You know, you you really should be keeping your building up. You're losing value all the time. Yeah. But maybe they're just not listening. I know the strata manager of that building. Oh, do you? Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't hold back there, Jimmy. <laughs> and at the same time, I I know an agent, and she's trying to sell an apartment in a, a building that I know really well, and she's despairing because the owner is quite elderly again but they they do want a good price for their apartment but they're absolutely refusing to change anything about the apartment so i went in there the other day and had a look and it's kind of got really old people's furniture right and when i'm talking old people i'm talking kind of i mean i have no idea how old the owner is but kind of like the the kind of furniture you'd expect in an 80 year old's house or a 90 year old's house This is an apartment and it's got kind of big furniture which is taking up all the space. So you yeah. kind of look at it and you think, oh, this is a really small apartment. Yeah. Where it's not really, but I just don't have the imagination if a place is crowded with furniture and ornaments mm. and glass cabinets full of stuff, you know, yeah. vases and little trinkets and things. I don't have the, the vision to see what it really could look like. Mm. And lots of people, I'm sure, are like me. And this agent is despairing and she's saying to the owner, you know, please can we just take out some of this stuff and style it really well to appeal to people. And I mean, it's a, it would appeal to, you know, younger buyers, but also downsizers are huge. You know, they're coming into apartments in a really big way. Yeah. But those downsizers, maybe they're 50, maybe they're 60, maybe they're 70, but they're really smart people and yeah. they've got kind of a much sharper idea of style than, yeah. you know, this very elderly owner. They could trick it with some – there's some pretty neat software around. One of them I can't remember the name of, but I'll put it in the show notes, where basically you load this onto your phone and then you start taking pictures of a room or a whole apartment and it tells you, okay, move and take a picture in this direction and then move and take a picture in this direction. And then you feed it into the software and it knits it all together. Mm. And then you can take out items – and replace them with other items. Yep. So then, you could actually completely modernise the, mm. the apartment without moving a stick of furniture. Sure. They are actually doing that, and they're printing out the pictures and they're showing them to everybody who comes through. Well, I think that's what the plan is. Right. But they're worried that the people who see the ads and see these nice, fantastic-styled images, yeah. when they actually come to the property... They're going to get gonna a feel, shock. Yeah, they're going to feel really tricked. Yeah, yeah. And they're not going to kind of believe that agent ever again, really. Well, I think you've, so, what you, you've got to make it clear on the pictures. This is mm. a, an artist's impression of how the apartment could look. Yes, but then you start thinking, oh, maybe they've made it bigger than it yeah. really yeah. is and that kind of stuff. But that's, so, that software I was telling you about, once it's all knitted together, you can go on your computer and walk through. Mm. So you can actually walk up to the window and see what the view is and go through doors and... That's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, why are we not using software like that, Jimmy? We we bought an ottoman the other day. How and, many um, ottoman <laughs> men? Is that the plural of ottoman? Is it ottoman? <laughs> we now have two ottoman, neither of which suits our apartment. But I've never bought an ottoman before, and it hadn't even occurred to me 
waited six months for it to be delivered. And when it arrived, it is massive. Huge. And it just dwarfs our apartment. Yeah. It's much bigger than our sofa even. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> so we really it's should. Higher. It's higher. It's higher than our sofa. So we really should have maybe, well, firstly, we should have just bloody measured the thing. Yes. When we saw it in the shop and then kind of and then come home. And converted it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But um, that kind of software would be wonderful for looking at furniture, wouldn't it, too? Yeah, because yeah. the second ottoman we went out and bought yesterday, enormous cost yet again, doesn't really suit the apartment no, either. No. So, so we're, we're on to Ottoman 3. <laughs> and we're now facing the trauma of having to try and take the other two back and see if we can get some money back. Mm. <gasps> Anybody want to buy an Ottoman? You've got yes. our, our – it's a big circular thing. It's giant. It's huge. It's fantastic. It is great. It's, you know <laughs> – it's, it, it, it would suit people with impeccable taste. And big apartments. And intelligence. Uh, right. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of things that have come up on the forum. And we're going to talk about uh, strata lawyers. That's after this. So an interesting little thing come up on the forum, and I'm not sure what the answer is. But somebody's written and said they live in an old building where the antenna on the roof has daisy chain links all the way down the building. It's a 1970s building. For TV. Yeah. Mm. And over the years, various people have renovated. And what often happens is that they, during the renovation, they cut the cable so that the daisy chain is broken. And if the people down below don't use television or don't use that connection, then it's nobody notices. Mm. So now they've got this kind of fragmented, if you imagine like a dotted line Mm. of cable um, that only actually feeds a couple of apartments. And they're wondering if they are legally obliged to keep the TV aerial. And I don't know. Mm. I don't think so. But their strata manager says that he thinks they do. But you've had a look and... Uh, I can't find yeah. anything that says yeah. you must have a TV aerial. I mm. found, I mean, as we were saying before, you're supposed to maintain and repair common property, but you can choose not to do that. Yeah, and a lot of people get their TV via the internet now, don't they? Yeah, the only thing that I that we get via free-to-air, the digital service, that is stuff that we want to record, not because we can't get that stuff on demand, because just about every TV station has an on-demand service. But when you're getting them on-demand via the internet, you can't whiz through the ads. But if you've recorded mm. it onto a recorder, you can. Mm. And I have to say that some of the online services, the streaming services, they just pump the ads in. Mm. We were watching that show, which is, would otherwise be a really good show, called Something About Pam. With Renu Zellweger. Yeah, and it would be terrific, except after every scene, every scene, mm. they put more ads in. Now, obviously, there's, that's a sign that there, a lot of people are viewing this thing. I think a lot of people are going to be like us and say, I'm Not sick of this. Mm. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I discovered you can get it on Apple TV. So if you're already subscribed to Apple TV, watch it there. It will have fewer ads. I can't say it won't have any, but, mm. but anyway, so there is a, a reason for having free to air through digital, but I don't know if there's a legal obligation for the owner's corporation to keep their, uh, their antenna on the roof. Mm. Okay. So if anybody knows about that, let us know. 
Okay, fantastic. Come on to the forum. Um, and the other thing we want to talk about is a few weeks ago, my column, I did um, what makes a good strata manager and what makes a good building manager. Mm. And somebody from the Australian College of Strata Lawyers has been in touch to say, well, why don't you do something about what makes a good strata lawyer? So I will be doing that. Mm. But they've pointed out that there is no specific accreditation for strata lawyers in Australia. Right, so they're the real poor cousins to the property lawyers. Yeah, I don't even know if there's accreditation for property lawyers. I mean, but basically, if you've got a law degree, you can say, I'm a a strata lawyer because I know how to Google strata law things. (laughs) Whereas Mm. we know that being uh, an experienced strata lawyer is quite a specific skill, isn't it? Mm, Absolutely. Because you've got to understand not just the law, but you've got to understand how committees work and how the dynamics and the politics Mm. at that level. Yeah. But one of the things I asked them was, what do you do? At what point does a strata lawyer say to their client, this is never going to fly. You're never going to get this through NCAT or Mm. whatever. And the response of the lawyer that I was in touch with was, as soon as it's clear to them that it's hopeless, hmm. they will say to their client, "There's no, you're wasting your money, you're wasting mm. your time. Yeah. But we know, you know, it's that thing. What's that, the, the lawyer's favourite phrase? It's, it's a matter a, of principle. It's a matter of principle, mm. exactly. That's when they think, yeah, we might redecorate our rooms <laughs> in six <laughs> <That's> months. <right. laughs> So strata lawyer um, Amanda Farmer, she's 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 wanting to see strata lawyers get proper accreditation, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's her big campaign for mm. the future. Well, we've seen in the past year that strata managers got their accreditation approved. Yes, that's right. And and her her point is that strata lawyers can sometimes handle for strata, which is worth one trillion dollars in assets in Australia. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's a lot of money, really. I can see complications with that because you'd have to say, well, I'm an accredited New South Wales strata lawyer. Mm, Yep. But you'd have to, I mean, I don't know exactly how they'd get the accreditation. Maybe they have to pass a test or something. But, well, there would be some sort of exam and there would be updates, Mm. you know, as they do with strata managers have to keep their knowledge, accreditation Mm. going. So I imagine that would happen with lawyers, but with lawyers it would also be a case of going, I'm an expert in New South Wales strata law and Victorian strata law, but they might not have got Mm. up to speed on Queensland or West Australia. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's a good move because we have come across strata lawyers or lawyers who claim they're strata lawyers and they are no such thing. Really. Yeah, and they've been given the wrong advice. We've known in certain a lot circumstances. Of cases. Yeah, yeah. Great. Okay, right. Um, another podcast in the can. Sue, thank you very much for coming along Pleasure the corridor, <laughs> <laughs> sitting down, and um, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website flatchat.com.au and if you haven't already done so you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher or your favourite podcatcher just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying 
Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.